And welcome into Ask Dog Central on a Thursday evening, July 21st. Hope you guys are doing well, getting ready for your weekend. I am Graham Coffee. I am joined this evening by Dustin Wood. And as we always do on Thursday nights, we are to take questions from our Dog Central subscribers and you guys out on the YouTube chat. Uh, Dustin, how's it going this evening? It's going good. How's your week been? I can't complain. Not, not, not bad. Um, it's fun, fun having SEC media days cranking up a little bit. You know, it feels like we're getting close. Kickoff's only a little over a month away, so um, it's coming, right? Definitely. It's uh, it's good to see that they didn't put Jimbo and um, Saban on the same day. That would have been uh, <laughs> WWE material. I mean, for my own entertainment value. Uh, I, I kind of wish they had, but it's probably probably smart that they didn't. Um, all right. Well, without any further ado, let's get into some subscriber questions. Uh, we've got one from our friend Lady C. Any new names that have popped up on the recruiting trail that we may not have heard of yet? Pretty good question since we're kind of, you know, July to new December. Right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so for new names, <laughs> I know I mean, one I, that. Uh, go or go ahead. Nah, you you can go ahead. I'm gonna keep looking through here. I was gonna say, I mean, one that we've heard a little bit about is uh, is is Damon Wilson potentially, you know, being in the mix with that edge clash, which. Is a little bit crazy to think about considering the guys that Georgia's already in on there with uh, Rusaw and Mpemba and Gabe Harris already committed, who continues to look more and more uh, like the type of guy you want on an SEC team. I mean, he has been uh, just kind of killing it on the camp circuit lately. There's been some pretty impressive videos of him getting passed around. So adding... Yeah, adding Wilson into that mix as a uh, five-star guy, I think, is uh, just more to be excited about if you're a Georgia fan. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of looking at names, I, I would say names that we haven't been mocked towards that I would kind of keep an eye on would probably be um, Aiden Williams, the wide receiver uh, out of Mississippi. I think that's going to be an SEC battle, but he's taking the process very slow. Um, I will say, I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on um, downs later on in the show, but with safety, um, I think there's going to be a few names that come up. Um, I'm trying to think of the safety that that um, camped with us that had really, really good um, numbers, had like a 4, 3, 6, 40. I want to say that was Gibson. I might be Mitch butchering the last name, but I think that was um, – it might have been Gibson, but um, I think that will come up. And I think a name that we haven't been talking enough here lately that's probably going to come to the forefront is probably going to be um, the offensive tackle out of the Charleston area, Freeland. I think that we might start seeing a little bit more buzz with him coming in the next month. Yeah, uh, I think Ricky Gibson's the one you're talking about who uh... – yep. Is a, is a guy that is currently a three-star, but uh, uh, Jason had, had posted on the board uh, a couple of weeks back that he actually ran a 4.38 laser time 40 
uh, in early June at UGA. Uh, so that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, laser time is yeah. His broad jump was actually longer than um than um Lewis seen. So we know he was really good on the combine with his with the broad jump, and his was longer than him by like two inches. I want to say. Yeah, forty-one and a half inch vertical as well. So yeah, um, yeah. He he's checking a lot of boxes from the athletic ability standpoint. Um, I mean, I think you know another one that, that we've heard kind of bouncing around a little bit lately, uh, and this is you know very very uh, speculative, I guess I should say. Um, but with Justice Haynes committing to Alabama. Uh, it does sound like Georgia, you know, may try to make one more push at uh, Ruben Owens and and see just how firm his commitment to Louisville is. But uh, yeah, we'll I, I kind of want to steal the thunder. I'm pretty sure there's probably going to be a running back question here. So, gotcha. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, yeah, we got uh, any, any updates on Dom Laylock? Uh, Yes, actually. Um, so I've actually uh, heard a couple times in the last month that he has been really, really impressive in off-season, seven-on-seven throwing, uh, you know, kind of different drills and stuff. I mean, right now, obviously, a lot of the stuff that's going on is player-led. Uh, the only coaches that are with the team right now are going to be strength and conditioning coaches. But – Sounds like he's back to his old form, which uh, we we talked about that on the forum, I think, in the last week, that if he is back to being the guy that he was as a freshman before that injury happened, I, I think that's one of the more underrated storylines around UGA coming into this season, just how much of a weapon he can be. Uh, over the last decade – Nobody has had a higher uh, yards per route run in a single season than Don Blaylock did in 2019 at 3.1 yards per route run. That's for a, like a, a full-time starter with you That's know crazy targets. Too, but, if you think about that, yeah, like Bowers last year was 3.01, so he came close, but not quite there. Um, and just thinking about Stetson Bennett's comfort zone seems to be in in the middle of the field between the hashes and where Blaylock would be working as a, a slot receiver, uh, it, it lines up very, very well. So I think good stuff going on there with Blaylock and uh, just fingers crossed that he, you know, stays healthy healthy, and continues to get up to speed, right? Yeah, I mean, you look at health-wise, you look at Rosemey, um, Jack Saint, we've had issues with him with, with injuries, we've had – issues with Kiaris Jackson. So there's a lot of guys that, you know, if they can get full strength, it'd almost be like we brought in a new recruiter or somebody out of the portal because we really haven't been able to use them that much since they've been here. 100%, yeah. Um, and that was another – we use this show to show you guys that aren't subscribed to Dog Central, all the stuff that you could have known a week or two ago. But uh, speaking of Kyrus Jackson, uh, we were told that uh, he was – when Georgia did their combine uh, recently, his speed was something that I think surprised a lot of people. We know Arian Smith and C.J. Smith can absolutely fly, but uh, 
Kyrus was up there and and also was was clocked at over 21 miles an hour uh, during play speed in the spring in full pads, not running in a straight line. So the the lateral quickness there is really really elite, and that's more kind of useful and you know more what what we're actually talking about in a game situation for a wide receiver. So a lot to be excited about there for for Georgia folks. Um, any uh, update on Samuel Mpimba and Samson Okunlula? Okunlula. I probably butchered his name. Sorry. Yeah, I would have done the same thing. We'll just go with the, the offensive lineman. I know there's been Hold a on. lot of them. Uh, uh, Dustin, we got John jumping in here, which means my audio just went out. <laughs> I can keep on. What we got going here? There we go. Well, hey, guys. John, uh, Sorry, I can't hear you guys, but talk amongst yourselves. All right. So if he was um he was mentioning um, any updates on Mpemba, uh, okay. And you know I think it's pretty much from the last time I was on here two shows ago. I think Mpemba's um, looking pretty good for for Georgia right now. I know things are going to be fluid, and he's going to be a guy that's going to probably take things closer to December, maybe something mid-season. But uh, mm. I think things look good right now. But, I mean, I know we got a lot of people on that board. And I think Kirby um, is kind of uh, – Kirby's kind of, you know, kind of hedging his bets. But I will say kind of um, – I won't I won't spoil anything on the, the podcast here, but there's probably going to be somebody that's um, secretly visiting – that's going to be on that um that defensive line edge area. So if you kind of want to mm. hear of a bigger name, um, mm. you need to be subscribed to Dolph Central. A very very big name, very big name. So exciting. excellent. Yeah, very good tease right there. Um, <laughs> did you touch on uh, Oak and Lola? I did not. Okay. Do we know any uh, any update on him? Oh, I mean, I, I I would not expect it to be Georgia. I think he's going to decide pretty soon. Um, I would probably lean towards Miami, but with him, everything's fluid. And a lot of these guys that are going to be in a situation with NIL being up and down, I wouldn't even um, – if they commit to somewhere right now, I would – one of these Decembers is going to be just like um, Black Friday sale. Everything's going to be coming out there on, on discount <laughs> prices because I – you know, people are not going to play as good on the field. A lot of these prom- promises aren't going to be fulfilled, and you're going to see a lot of people moving. Yeah, well, we know what's going to happen, right? You've got promises that are being made, and then you have kids. Y'all may have touched on this already, but you got kids that are taking their second, third, sometimes fourth-choice school f- for other reasons than, you know, they would have normally used to, to pick a school. And um, if that stuff doesn't come through or, you know, you, you now with it, with also with what's going on with IL, you have the ability to recruit over kids. So you have a kid who took you as their second or third or fourth choice because of what you were offering them this year. And then they go and offer somebody else more next year. And, 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 uh, that opens up that both the portal and those opportunities right before signing day for things to move pretty quickly. I think it's going to be. Personally, I, I I don't I don't love what's going on in college football in that regard, but I do think it's if you like recruiting, it's gonna be it's gonna be really entertaining 
um, uh, over the next couple of years for sure. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you for that update, Dustin. Uh, so you uh, kind of crystal balled us that this question was coming down the pipe earlier in the broadcast, but uh, Athens Dog 98 asks, any new names to look at for running back? And we'll fold that question into another question, which is that if do you think we pass on a running back in 2023 if we can't get a flip and, and go to the portal next year instead? Um, you know, me personally, I think regardless of what happens, they're going to take a 23 guy. Um, I'm probably leaning towards that they're probably going to portal the second one. Um, I think I'm in the camp that I think Kirby didn't leave himself any portal spots this last time. And I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not against that because he can really develop talent. So I'm okay with him taking 30 high school guys. But I think if he wanted to kind of, do it over and know that we are, we're not going to be constricted to 30-man classes. You can just be under your 85. I think he probably left some spots. So you might see a class of 23, 25, so he can go out and pick his needs this year. Um, now on names, names that uh, that Jason, I won't give up all of them, but just maybe one off the radar one would probably be Auburn's, Jeremiah's, Cobb. I know he's been committed there for about two months, but that would be a name that I would kind of watch. And then also just flip targets. Um, we're not predicting this or anything because I know other fan bases will probably watch the show, but I would be watching for um, for Owens or Young. Obviously, you know, any other college would be in our situation. With the history we have in college, we'd be going after those two. But, um, you know, it's going to be one of those things you're going to probably have to watch out to December on Owens. And probably Young is probably going to make a decision next month. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on like running backs i think people need to understand in college football like running backs are a dime a dozen and that's not to say that recruiting five stars isn't great but there is not as steep of a drop off in the value that you get from a five-star running back or a four-star running back as there is to a three-star running back like <laughs> when you talk about offensive tackles and you talk about elite pass rushers and you talk about quarterbacks, there's a, a finite number of them that can really play at a high level. But when it comes to running backs, a Del McGee and the entire UGA staff has proven, you know, I think multiple times that they're very, very good at evaluating guys and they don't hand out offers lightly at any position, but particularly that one. Um, and, and secondly, I just think that you see a lot that, you know, Georgia brought Andrew Paul in at the end of the cycle last year, a guy who was not on any really, you know, anyone's radar, any recruiting services radar until he blew up his senior year in Texas. And then he shows up in camp and we're hearing, you know, really, really rave reviews about him right now. So it's just a position where I think you can find value late in the cycle and you can find guys that are going to be productive, especially behind good offensive lines. Uh, maybe further down the board than just the, the two or three headlining names in the class that everyone maybe knows. So I think for Georgia, you know, there's a, an opportunity there to just kind of keep an eye out and see how senior seasons go and all of that. But I, I'd be surprised if they didn't take a running back. Just you need a lot of them in the SEC. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would just say that it's it's only um, it's only July. I know a lot of people don't want to talk portal or talk December, but I mean, with this, it's just one of those things that Kirby's going to just kind of have to pivot. So he's going to be patient. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see if we have any questions in the chat. Uh, okay. Well, we got Joseph uh, putting us on the big screen tonight in the living room. So we just got to go ahead and say thank you for that. You know, uh, that's the way to watch the show, right? Instead of the phone, kick back with I your should, cocktail and, you know. I should have uh, I should have gone to hair and makeup if I had known we were going to be on the big screen. I would have <laughs> taken a little bit more time in the trailer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any update on... Uh, James Smith and Quay Russo in terms of decision timelines or where they may be leaning. That's from Woodstock, our good friend and loyal uh, community member over at Dog Central. Um, I mean, I, I talked to Jason. Jason's from the Alabama area, so a lot of this stuff that's kind of getting teed up, Jason's kind of works around that area, seen them play a lot before. I mean, Jason still feels or hears good things. Obviously, that stuff's going to be very fluid. And, you know, I think there is a chance that a lot of people are saying it's going to be a, a team decision where they're going to go to the same place. Uh, I mean, I think James Smith, when you kind of look at our board, he's probably more of a bandoline, and he's going to try to get his buddy to go there. But, you know, with, with the draft production we've had at linebacker um, and the people that we have on staff um, – me personally, I would say it's 50-50, maybe 60-40 Georgia's side on um, Quay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that one's going to come down to the wire. And, I mean, I, I think it is. We talked earlier in the show about edge recruiting. And, like, I'll put it this way. Uh, Rusal is, is a stud, and he's phenomenal. And I think he's going to be a fantastic asset to wherever he lands. So this is not me saying anything, uh, throwing shade at anybody but i just think if you look at the guys that georgia's in on and some of the names that have been posted on our forum that i think we we probably don't want to spit out here uh george is going to end up i think with like a maybe a historically good edge edge class um like the linebacker class and the edge class that, that george is going to land this year are going to be something that i think people talk about for a while down the road yeah, I, I think you're going to look back to this linebacker coach that we hired. Um, I'm going to butcher his name, but um, I think you're going to look back and this is going to be a hire that's going to be very similar to Trey Scott. Someone's going to be here five to ten years. That, um, he's going to have really, really, really good development skills and really, really good um, draft production. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty ringing endorsement, but uh, I know that you know, guys that I've talked to um, in this cycle who are current recruits and current UGA targets or commits, uh, Uzo Dribe's name is one that comes up by everyone. Everyone calls him Coach Chid, but um, mm -hmm. even guys that are not playing that position or guys that aren't even on defense, like he's just a personality that seems to be making really good impressions on on recruits and. Uh, yeah, I think it could be one of those guys that is sort of a, a cornerstone of the staff for a good while. 
Any other thoughts there? Nah, only, only an extra thing I'll probably add is he's got pretty good drip. That guy's got a lot of swag. You see him, um, um, him and Coach Coop. I'm pretty sure yeah. they probably have a lot of good conversations. You got to realize, you know, yeah. in this generation, everybody, you know, um, with social media, it's good to have people like that in your corner. And that's, I think that's really why Coach Coop, um, or, or I, that's why I think that he does really well on the recruiting side. It's just he's very personable and relatable. Yeah. Well, you, you also, you know, um, you have guys like Coach um, Shadi, who is, he's not that far removed from being a really, really good player at Colorado, right? Like four-year letterman. He, I think he's he's in the top ten in Colorado history for sacks. Um, uh, Go Buffs. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, just an absolute – so, and, and, and I think, you know, in – he played in 2013 or 2014. Like, I mean, he's not far removed from actually being in these guys' shoes. And so I think that's also one of – you can t- we could talk at length about um, the things that Kirby does, Kirby Smart does in his program from a recruiting standpoint um, that just puts him in, in great positions to land elite players. But one of the things that I feel like is – has been uh, – it's underrated, even though folks talk about it a lot, are having guys like Coach Coop and hiring, you know, guys like Coach Chid and um, even guys like, you know, Brian McClendon is another one and, and Will Muschamp in his own right. You have these guys that just complement each other with both where they are in their careers, where they've been in their careers, um, and uh, and just the, you, you said it, uh, Dustin, just the swag, right? I mean, they can just bring things that, it's very difficult to put together a staff um, that can have that kind of swag, that experience, knowing what it takes both as a player and as a coach. And then, oh, by the way, you got all the resources of Georgia, right? <laughs> so you throw you you throw that gas on the fire, and it's just it's very difficult for. Um, I look at Auburn as a good example where, you know, Auburn has Cadillac Williams. They have um, Christian Robinson. Like they got some guys that are really good coaches that have similar experience, but, um, but you throw that, you know, success and resources with Georgia on top of it. It's very difficult to. to yeah. And one that. thing I, w- I want to pivot on cause, yeah. and I know it might not be a question, but yeah. me, me and Graham been in conversations this week with other people um, about the recruiting in the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. If you look at one thing that Kirby has molded that's different, you know, you have outside linebacker coach that has um, ties to Texas and now West mm-hmm. Coast. Mm-hmm. And now you got Fran Brown. You know, we didn't get Sadir Mitchell, but there's so many people in the Northeast that we're getting yep. because of Fran, Fran Brown. And you go yep. through the whole – he's got the whole map, you know, Delford, Georgia, mm-hmm. and, um, and Alabama – that's mm-hmm. the one thing that he did himself that Saban didn't do so much is he's got someone specifically for every part of the country. So if he needs to yep. go to California, he needs to go to Texas. He's not dependent on going to Georgia just for everything. And that's Love one it. thing I, I really don't really like that Kirby's getting, you know, you know, next year, I can promise you there's so much talent. You just look at the top 300. We can probably have the top 40 in Georgia can be in the mm-hmm. top 300. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't think this is the year that you're just going to go dive deep in the state of Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I think that's a really good point. And, 
you know, we've, we have talked about this a lot and, and a really good job, I think of, of kind of outlining that staff. And I mean, even a guy like Searles who has, you know, coached yeah. in the state of Texas and you have those California ties. And, and I think the other thing that Georgia's doing is like, they get the chance to evaluate guys in state on a deeper level than they do national prospects because they can come out and see them play more often and, and, you know, just get to more events where those guys are in person in front of the staff. But like, like Georgia, the, the hire of Fran Brown, you're talking about a guy who was able to identify two and three star prospects at a place like Temple and a place like Baylor and say, this mm-hmm. kid's got the length, he's got, you know, he's got these attributes, I can take the rest of that and I can turn him into an NFL draft pick. And he did that you mm-hmm. know, quite a few times. <laughs> you give a guy like that the backing of UGA, the resources of UGA, yeah. the logo, yeah. the, the G logo on his chest when he walks into high schools, and a whole team of analysts <laughs> to pull film on whoever he mm-hmm. wants, like – that guy is going to, you know, he's not just going to go and recruit the, you know, the, the number one prospect in, you know, in that state on the, mm-hmm. the 24-7 right. list or whatever. It's like he's going to make an evaluation on what this guy's going to be in four years and, and where the highest ceiling is. And he's going to base that off the system that the kid's going to play in and a lot of other factors. And so I, I get like Georgia is in Georgia and, you know, there's the, the, the bones of that program are always going to exist, I think, with with in-state mm-hmm. prospects and, you know, uh, in-state resources. But it's a national program now, and it's very different yeah. than it was under Mark Richt. And, you know, just the way the world works is very different. Um, and, and I think, you know, I mean, keep in mind the guy that ran back the, the winning interception in the <laughs> national title, you know, yeah. grew up in Tacoma, Washington, and went to high school in Phoenix, right? So – uh, I yep. think it's working for UGA. And I also think that there have been people with formats or, you know, platforms that are large that have come out in the last week and, and talked about, you know, Georgia, maybe, you know, having some, some friction with certain relationships and in state, there's always going to be a, a couple out there that, that don't like a coach or whatever for personal reasons, but like, all of the information that I've gotten recently, and I know Jason and I talked about this, and he's he's asked around on it. Like Georgia does a very very good job of taking care of high school programs in the state and communicating yes. with high school programs in the state, and uh, and bringing in you know in state kids when when it makes sense. But you have to you have to run your program the way that you think is best suited to win national titles. And yeah. right now it's it's hard to question. Kirby Smart have run at all. So I, I do think maybe a little bit too much has been made lately of, oh, you know, Georgia's losing in-state kids and, and all of that stuff. It's like, yeah, well, everybody recruits Georgia. I mean, you know, it's it's the, yeah. the, the third best football talent state in the country right now. Absolutely. And depending on the, the year, it can be the number one best talent in the country right like there's that in between depending on the class you might look at that top 300 and be like holy cow georgia is is the number one for you know particular years yeah i I think you hit the nail on the head graham i think also you know i think 
that folks you do you you have to look at um the success of the program overall to determine you know you can't just look and say oh well maybe Georgia is is losing out on some kids in state or maybe Georgia doesn't have these relationships. You look at what's happening in the program. You look at 15 draft picks and you look at where those kids are from and you start like kind of thinking through the success of the program. And I mean, I love the university of Georgia personally. I grew up in Northwest Georgia. I, you know, have red clay on the bottom of my shoes, a permanent stain from when I was a kid running around those Hills. But at the end of the day, um, I want Georgia to win too. The University of Georgia, Kirby Smart, you know, the program doesn't exist uh, to just bring talent from the state of Georgia and give them a home to play, right? Um, and so I think that's something that it's 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 a tough um, tough situation. But I also think like Fran Brown is a great example. Like I love that you brought up Fran Brown because Fran Brown, people don't know a lot about Fran Brown. Fran Brown went to Western Carolina. He was a quarterback in high school. He switched to corner, went to Western Carolina, became an all-conference defensive back. Spent He, he didn't have a, a, a flourishing NFL career, but he spent two years with the Bengals, right? Um, you have a guy who he was, for all intents and purposes, one of those guys who was probably underrated, who was going through a switch in position, who, you know, and so when you look at those personal stories, not just the coaching – but you look at 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 their own stories and kind of you can see Kirby's approach to building a program, even in the history and experiences of the guys that he has on staff. Um, and so, you know, it, they're, they're, that, that's why you see, you know, a, situations like experimentation with taking a running back and trying to convert him to cornerback because that has worked. And sometimes it won't. And sometimes you're like, OK, well, that one didn't work. But it, but at the end of the day, you know, you can look at, you know, a guy like Eric Stokes, for example, and you can be like, that one really worked. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's the kind of risk that you take. And I think it's the same thing with talent going out and recruiting nationally and being a national program. Um, you're going to have situations where I think you're going to have relationships in state that are going to vary when you're all of a sudden taking a trip to California when there's a high school coach that may want you in his, you know, field house every every week um and you're not right um but i think that's that's georgia is very very good to the programs in the state um and i think um i think if you look at what georgia has built and what kirby is building there's a common thread there with the way that he develops players and the coaches that he hires and where he goes fishing for talent um and some of the risks and and, and that he takes on guys and um, I think his track record speaks for itself. More times than not, it's going to pay off. Um, and it's hard to argue um, any other side of the coin. And, you know, and pundits can say what they want to say, but just the proof well, is always in the pudding when it comes to the the program. I mean, I'm looking at some data, too, from, from the 2023 class. Or, I'm sorry, the 2022 class. And I think it's important to remember the 2023 cycle is not over we don't know where all these guys are going to end up, but it doesn't uh, end in July. It doesn't end in July. Yeah. It doesn't even end in December. Contrary to popular belief. A lot of it ends in December to be fair, but um, you look at the the top 10 recruiting classes in the country last year, uh, Texas A&M's average distance to get a player was 462 miles from their campus. And 59% of their class was in state. Texas is a really big state. I get it. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
But, you know, Georgia, the average distance to get their recruits was 294 miles from Athens. Mm -hmm. 38% of that class was in-state. But, like, Alabama, 25% of their class was was Alabama kids, right? Like, Ohio State, a third of their class is Ohio kids. Two great football states, right? Uh, you know, uh, like, mm -hmm. you can go down the list. Penn State, 42% of their class uh, in-state kids. Pennsylvania and Ohio – Mm -hmm. is what the Big Ten has been built on until mm -hmm. until Ohio State decided to start recruiting Florida and Texas and dominating <laughs> that league. But point being, like, it's not – we're not living in an era anymore where where college coaches only can have film and information on guys that are Correct. in their state and in their backyard. Um, and as we talked about earlier, it's like Georgia's staff has more than earned the benefit of the doubt on decisions with who they're going to take and who they're not going to take. There's always going to be a Will Anderson in the, the mix that got away or whatever. But at yeah. the end of the day, like the, the evaluations have been really, really good for a very long time under Kirby smart. So. Um, and, and what was the, what was the mileage for Georgia? What was that radius? It was uh, 313, I think, or 200. I'm sorry, I just I just closed the window. Sorry, should have asked. 294, I think. So. My bad. 294. Well, this 294. 294. Okay, so the state of Georgia is 300 miles long and 230 miles wide. So <laughs> a lot of a lot of those kids are coming from from uh, this area on average, uh, even with uh, even with the you know comments of of people. I think it's just the it's just the nature of if you have the number one guy in the class in a certain position and he's in state and he goes somewhere else, people feel like Jordan optics. should grab that optics. Yeah. And in reality, Jordan Davis wasn't number one on that list. I mean, you know, Devonte Wyatt was coming out of junior college, right? Like, right. There's a lot of places to find players to your point. Well, so speaking of, uh, because mm -hmm. we can't go a single Ask Dog Central episode without talking about Caleb Downs. And we have quite a few <laughs> questions on Caleb Downs, uh, some of which are not fit for the air. But uh, this one is. So Caleb did announce today he's committing on the 27th. What's the latest on his recruitment? Um, we have a lot of questions about his dad. Uh, don't know if if you want to tackle that one or not, or, or try to tackle that, um, please. I don't know. I, I think there's, to me on that one, there's too much public information out there. You don't need us to really kind of incite you on it. Um, I would just tell you, and it's not world shocking news. I think, you know, Ohio State people would tell you, um, with Haynes going to Bama um, for a commitment, um, I think that should just tell you where um, where down should probably go. Yeah, I mean, I think it seems like Bama is the the leader right now. But I also going back to Georgia being in the state of Georgia and just sort of how that whole I, I don't know. Like we saw Travis Hunter last year, right? Uh, when it came, you know, he was committed to Florida State for a really long time. But when it came down to signing day, I, I think if he doesn't go to Jackson State, he probably ends up in Athens, right? Like yeah. that that came down to the wire. And so, uh, just because a commitment graphic gets put out doesn't mean that the recruiting is going to stop. Uh, right. When it comes to 
his dad and all of that. I think like Dustin said, like you can go do your own research. There were some Twitter likes today that I think uh, had some people talking or whatever, but at the end of the day, like personalities are personalities. Um, we also don't know who the decision maker in that recruitment is. Right. And that's something Jason and I've talked about a lot. And, you know, you guys have been a party to those conversations as well. Like, you can have uh, a lot of people, a lot of family members involved in a recruitment. And sometimes the one that's most vocal or the most active on social media is not the person who's actually making the decision. So at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. If I had to choose right now, I'd say he's probably going to commit to Alabama, but you just don't know. Nick Saban could announce he's retiring at the end of the season and throw well, the world. Like, so it's just, so let's also, let's also talk about that real quick. So he, Caleb Downs is committing on the 27th, right? Of July, I think is what uh, the graphic, yeah, um, that's correct. where it looked like he, he looked, it looked like he dropped his top 100 schools. That's why I thought that graphic was, he had like every logo. Um, and we all know that. I saw listed. Kent State in there. I mean, it was, there were so many logos. <laughs> I was like, wow. Um, but, uh, but, um, we know that based on the relationship with, you know, Haynes, based on what other folks have said, based on what we know from, you know, conversations um, with folks, we know that that, that those two are are very close and that it's, it's likely that they're going to go to the same school. And because Justice Haynes committed to Alabama, that we'll probably see Caleb Downs do the same. But I do think these early commitments, I do think that they, um, they they it's hard for them to favor Georgia at the moment, believe it or not. Um, but I do think as you get into the fall and as these games start rolling, um, to your point, Graham, just because a commitment graphic hit a hit a Twitter timeline or a video was made or whatever, like that doesn't mean that these kids aren't going to get <laughs> invited to games. That these kids aren't going to see what's what what's happening in Athens and what's happening at Mercedes Benz and what's happening in these other places. And so, um, I think you know it. it Travis Hunter was was a good example of that as well, um, even though he chose you know Jackson State for for different reasons. But I think as it gets closer to that time period, the more that you see, and these coaches are very good at putting those things in front of the kids. It, Georgia has a big opportunity, I think, to to really show, especially someone like Caleb Downs, when you look at a a defense that what it truly looks like to reload a defense, what it truly looks like to come off and sustain what, you know, maybe not quite at the level that Georgia had last year, but at, at an elite level uh, defense, you just have an opportunity to prove a lot of that on the field to these kids. And, um, and I think in this, in, in this day in particular, um, anything could happen. You know, Alabama could go out and lose to Texas A&M again. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, there's a number of things that, that could happen that could, they could sway these. They could sway these kids, and so it's not over well, until it's over. Um, I mean, I yeah. think at and, the end of the day, too. Like, you know, to your point, it's not over. Like last year, this time, Michael Williams, Bear Alexander, Dalen Everett, and Jaheim Singletary mm-hmm. all were committed elsewhere. All yep. four signed with Georgia, but there's a lot of programs that are selling cotton candy on the recruiting trail right now, and yep. that's that. And I'm not talking about Alabama specifically. Um, no. You know, part, part of that is NIL that they cannot come through on. But there's also a lot of programs that are selling promise, right? Like mm-hmm. Texas lost to Kansas last year. They're coming off a five and seven season. 
they're on track right now to sign what could be a top five, you know, maybe even mm-hmm. higher class. Will that hold if the season starts and things look disorganized again? Yep. And there's a coach who's stripper girlfriend's monkey is biting children. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But at the end of the day, point being like, there is two seasons in recruiting in my period, in my opinion, there is the period that, that goes on in the off season. Mm-hmm. And we have these storylines every off season. I remember good Lord summer of 2020 was the, the summer of Tennessee, right? They had won seven games to close the season against no one with a winning record. And they, they loaded up on a bunch of early commitments and, you know, Jeremy Pruitt was coming for Georgia in the SEC East. Mm-hmm. Three months later, he was fired. He is still embroiled in a lawsuit against his former employer, the University of Tennessee. Things change that quickly in college football. What we know about Georgia is that, like, the the floor probably for this team is 10 and 2, right? Even mm-hmm. if things go really bad, it's just, it's going to be hard to imagine them, you know, blowing up on the launch pad. And so, that stability gets really attractive looking when you get towards November and December and it becomes real and names actually get signed to paper. Uh, you know, all of a sudden you're like, Hey, that, that school just put 15 guys in the draft. All these guys are about to go get drafted this year. Uh, they're winning, you know, this is, this mm-hmm. is what I think they can do for me from a development standpoint. And, you know, maybe the, the cotton candy, kind of runs out right so we'll see what happens yeah one thing i would also watch for is you always i mean kirby's going to use this whole time to recruit him because you know at some point in time these people could go in the portal down the road and there's names that have absolutely hit the portal and names Mm -hmm. that probably will hit the portal that we we um you can go look on the um dog central we posted two names that are at sec schools that we've confirmed by people on the staff that um have pretty much um, might be looking elsewhere. We're not saying they're going to, mm-hmm. but they're looking elsewhere. So there's already mm-hmm. people from the 23 classes looking to go elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say, just to kind of plug, I will, for the, the end of the podcast, Jason did tell me there's someone that's going to be visiting at the um, at the end of July. So make sure you stay tuned for the rest of the podcast on that. Um, oh, and also, we don't we don't ever plug that. But if you're on Twitter, retweet this. If you're on uh, watching us, give us a subscribe or a like. It'll help more people see this. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing I'll say too is, uh, John just got a thousand <laughs> run the damn thirteen personnel stickers printed. Hang on, guys. We're give them out this weekend at a event wanna, that has since been canceled. Event? Oh, it got well, canceled. The, it got canceled. Yeah, the players' lounge Dang. canceled. So uh, run, run the damn thirteen personnel. We got the stickers. So they're they're awesome stickers, by the way. If you're a subscriber already, shoot shoot one of us a DM, and we'll we'll get yeah. you taken care of. But I mean, John, are you uh, are you cool with with giving out some some stickers? Oh yeah, the, for sure. Yeah, what? Yeah, subscribers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, anybody that uh, anybody that subscribes um, in the next three days we'll give you a free sticker um we'll send that to you free of charge um we also uh have some hats to give away so we'll figure out we'll get with josh and figure out how to give away those hats that we were going to give away at the event as well to subscribers so um come come join we'll post it on the on the board and send out an email 
um, in our Friday email that we send every week too. So uh, sign up to, to get that and we'll have some giveaways for you. Harry is stoked on the stickers. Yeah. Coming to you, Harry. Um, okay. So props to you, Harry. Yeah. Harry, you're a real one. Thanks for, thanks for keeping the chat lively. Uh, Couple more names to touch on. Uh, so, uh, Dylan Stroud asks, he says, as always, Julian saying question mark. I'm assuming if that's a question, if we have any update, uh, no change from this show last week. Uh, I, I really view saying as the type of kid who is going to commit once. Uh, I think that he, uh, you know, is, is very infatuated with Georgia right now, but he was always on a timeline of committing in October. He has told me numerous times that he'll probably bump that up, but he's just waiting for that gut feeling. And uh, I think, you know, we'll just see when that gut feeling happens. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen. I don't know. In late August, we'll see what happens, but uh, still feel really good about where he and Georgia are in this process. Um, and if anything changes there, we'll certainly let you know. Um, speaking of guys who are committing soon, uh, we've got Jonel Guero coming up. Um, this is one that we put a prediction up on the website uh, a couple weeks ago, and we made that prediction public today for our non-subscribers. But uh, Dustin, tell us, tell us what we are feeling about Aguero. Yeah, so if you kind of look at his quotes, so I'm not misquoting him, um, but he pretty much said that he had made up his mind and that he had, quote-unquote, told the um, the coach where he's going, um, told him the good news. So there's been really nothing that I can see on the Miami side where they've, um, they've really came out and said, hey, they're expecting him. So just going off of that, um, I would say that, I feel pretty confident right now. Now anything can change. He can all, you know, we, we know after this past weekend that anything can change at any point in time. But um, if it's a school that he probably picked this past weekend, I would feel pretty comfortable as Georgia. Yeah, I'll second that. Um, I think that, you know, like the whole Justice Haynes thing is has obviously just been another reminder among many over the years that like we're dealing with with young men here and young men uh can change their minds quickly like any of us so nothing is ever a lock but I think we feel really good about Aguero uh, ending up in Athens um, Miami has definitely made a late push there but uh, still think he will be a bulldog at the end of the day. And then we've got sorry, I'm trying to read the okay. Um <laughs> we have a good question in the uh subscriber forum about the world's largest oct outdoor cocktail party. Um some, some comments this week from Kirby Smart about hey, we can't bring recruits to this game. It's all the same kind of arguments that we've heard over the years, uh, but but basically our our friend here uh, is just asking, do we think that we're going to see that game 
leave Jacksonville soon? Mm. Do you think it becomes a home and home? John, it's great. It's yeah, it's a great question. Um, so the contract is up. They extended it through what 2026, um, 2025 or 2026. I think that's right. Yeah. So the contract was extended, um, years ago i think for a couple more years right so i think we're i think the georgia uh florida game is set in jacksonville through 2025 or 2026 um for me personally i you know i think um i think that the challenge is oh so it's 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 extended just so, so we get this clear it's extended through 2025 um so that's you know three years basically but at the end of the day for me so i I love tradition. I love the Jacksonville game means a ton for um, South Georgia. It means a ton for students who get, you know, a couple of days off and go down to the beach and, you know, have a a really kind of unique experience that, um, that a lot of programs do not get to have. Um, You have the 50, 50 split down the middle. I think the challenge is you have NIL. You have what's going on in recruiting. You have what's going on in the actual um, space of conferences combining or bringing in other larger schools. And and the the ante keeps getting upped and upped and up for these coaches. And so Kirby Smart, when he's looking down his schedule, he's looking at every opportunity and saying, wait a second, Florida can bring these kids on campus that weekend, right? And, And they can still, you know, um, get, get them tickets for the game and like and treat it as a recruiting weekend because it is, mm-hmm. you know, 70, 60, 70 miles, whatever it is. And, and, and Georgia, we can't do that because of the, the just logistics of it. And so um, I the, the question is, do we see it moving? I don't know how many times it's come up over the years of this game is going to move and it's never moved. A lot. And so a lot. Right. I mean, it, it's happened a lot. I don't see it. I don't see it moving um, to a home and home. I see two, one of two things happening. One, the SEC with expansion all of a sudden has to shake up divisions and uh, and create an opportunity where all of a sudden this game gets you know kind of moved to a situation where it's not realistic or feasible to have it at a neutral site and play it every year. Or number two, it goes to. Um, it goes to a you know an Atlanta and Jacksonville situation. I don't see as things stand with Georgia Florida playing every single year that all of a sudden it just switches to a home home and home. Um, I think there's too many people involved between the city of Jacksonville, those contracts, those schools, that tradition, the South Georgia you know <laughs> chambers of commerce. Like I just think there's too many people involved for it to just switch as is, and Georgia and Florida play every year, and all of a sudden it just goes to a normal thing. Um, that's my personal opinion. Yeah, I think you got to remember who butters the bread, so to speak, mm-hmm. in this whole equation. And uh, yeah. Kirby has a ton of leverage. You know, I mean, like Kirby has more leverage than any UGA football coach probably ever at this point, um, especially considering just the, the economics of what college football is to a university these days. That being said, there's a lot of really loyal donors and very big donors that live in the southern half of the state. And then there's a lot more that don't live in the southern half of the state, 
but really, really enjoy getting down to St. Simons and Sea Island and Amelia Island and all those nice places to spend a long weekend and, you know, doing their thing. Um, I think the, the most painless, the solution that I hope happens is that recruits are allowed to come onto those games because yeah. I do understand Kirby, Kirby's argument, especially in a season like this where you're playing Oregon and Atlanta week one, you know, those are, two weekends you've lost of potential recruiting. I know that Georgia can, you know, that's a bus ride the day of the game versus an overnight trip. But still, logistically, you don't get to have those kids in your environment. But I think that if you could bring recruits to that game, it's it's extremely unique. And that split 50-50 down the middle would be just all the more appealing for a recruit to say, Hey, like this is an opportunity I don't have at any of these other schools. So um, yeah, I, I hope that it stays down there personally. I really love the beach in the fall. Right. So, uh, you know, selfishly, yeah. like I want to do it. I think it's as a UGA student, that was one of the more unique things that I think I got to do that, friends who went to UNC and Alabama and Ole Miss and all these other places don't get to do right. Uh, your whole school goes on spring break together, but they do it in October and classes, you know, are, are canceled for Thursday and Friday. So I hope that stays. And I think it'd be sad if it doesn't. And I think that uh, there's a lot of great traditions and a lot of great, you know, traditions that people have with amongst their friends or tailgate groups that would be interrupted yeah. if it ends. But uh, I don't know, you know, you give Kirby another national championship or two and <laughs> you might not be able to stop it. And I do think it is, you know, it is an advantage for Florida. Like let's not deny it. Yes. The stadium yeah. is split, but the logistics of a away game are very different than having to get on a bus and drive an hour like they do from Gainesville. So yeah, I get it, but I hope even if it changes that that still remains part of the rotation, right? Like yeah. there's a a game in Jacksonville, you know, maybe once every three years and then mm -hmm. you go on campus the other two years or something, but don't don't take it out of there completely. No. Listen, I need I need every excuse possible to go to the Hammerhead Beach Bar and the Green Tunnel Tavern in Fernandina Beach. Like I need that for me <laughs> is that little part right there, uh, uh, right just north of Jackson. the Red Barn. I love the yeah, Red Barn on St. Simons and Brogan's. Man, they know me there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fernandina Beach is is my spot. The the Hammerhead Beach Bar, if you're ever down that way. Um, not a sponsor, but uh, but a good place well, you to be uh, if you're watching. But a good but a good place to get uh, get nice and ready on a long weekend before uh, Georgia, Florida. Yeah. Meet me at Benny's Red Barn on the Thursday night before Georgia, Florida. I will see you there. Um, last call for questions in the chat. Uh, let's see. Do we have anything here? Uh, one more recruiting question for you, Dustin, from our, our guy, Harry. Uh, who do you all think the offensive tackle is that likes UGA the most? Who's, who's an offensive tackle name that Georgia has a, a good shot with or maybe folks should keep an eye on? I think we mentioned early Freeland's probably that, the name that I would say. Um, mm -hmm. I think 
the Kelton Smith's probably more of a um an offense guard. Um I know we haven't mentioned it here, but I would watch uh Connor Lou. I know he just got a bump up to four star on um on two four seven. So they really appreciate that. He's a an athlete that plays wrestling, does really well and they've done really well with centers and that have a wrestling background on the draft, so I'd watch him watch Freeland on, on those two um to, two moves and I know we haven't mentioned uh Bo Hewley, but um, you know, I think that's probably a he's more of a, a soft commit right now. You know, I don't I wouldn't lean for him leaving or staying, but that's one where I have to keep recruiting. Awesome. Um and then you said that you had a name watch for a visit for us. Well, before I ask you that, is there anything else you guys uh, have that you wanted to address? Anything for media days that struck you? We haven't talked about media days at all, which I feel like we, we should at least yeah. say something. We should, Let's not go on a 30-minute tangent. But um, what was your takeaway for media days, John? Uh, my takeaways were um, Kirby is king. Brian Harson uh, has chutzpah, <laughs> but is obviously uh, not re- not prepared for this Auburn job. Um, and they and the SEC put Jimbo at twelve thirty, which is like the twelve thirty on the last day is like the Friday afternoon news dump, where it's like let's put him there and hopefully there's no like coverage after he's done to continue on. Um, we didn't learn a lot of media from media days. What I will say is if you didn't catch the conversations with Nolan Smith and Stetson Bennett and Cedric Van Pran, please go watch those. Those guys were absolutely professionals and fantastic. Um, Lots of great, you know, just just insight and also their personalities coming out. Um, And Sam Pittman. I love Sam Pittman. He was was my favorite. I thought he did a fantastic job. Yeah, I miss Sam Pittman. What about you, Justin? Anything... I would think my biggest takeaway, if you go back when NIL first started um, and it got approved, and I'm going to tie this into the Kirby statement of, you know, we had the highest paid tight end, the highest paid um, defensive lineman. Um, You know, if you're looking at a sponsor or someone that wants to market their brand, we're not just talking about alumni and boosters, but if you have someone from the outside coming in, the athletes, if you look at the NBA and the MLB, the people that are getting paid the most are the athletes that are producing the most on the field. So at the end of the day, I think Kirby's development is what's going to drive a lot of these high-end NIL deals that boosters aren't going to pay. Um, you know, go to Nike. I know Nike is back in Oregon, but, you know, if Nike can get the number one quarterback or number one wide receiver, number one tight end, they can get them under the door for what they think is a good deal, um, they're going to go after them. So I think the big takeaway is with NIL, obviously we probably need to up our game just a little bit. Um, But I I will say I think Kirby's going to make a lot of people a lot of money um, with development. Yeah, I think that's definitely uh, something we've talked about on here before, but it's the 40-year decision versus the four-year decision. And I never want to be someone that sits here and pretends like there's not guys who have to make a four-year decision because of circumstances Mm -hmm. happening out of their control. But uh, I do think, you know, there's 
there's a type of guy that's kind of become like a UGA guy in recruiting. And, you know, that kind of trends more towards the kid that's like, hey, if I come in and do what they tell me to and I follow the regiment and I, I work my butt off in the weight room and I listen to the nutritionist, like, I'm going to go to my pro day and I'm going to run a really good 40 time. And, you know, I may sit for a couple of years or be in the, a rotation player for a little while, but when my time comes, I'm going to be ready. And then I'm going to go to the NFL quick and I'm not going to have a ton of tread on my tires either. So, you know, or a ton of tread taken off of my tires. So mm-hmm. yeah, I feel you on the NIL front, um, but it is, it's going to be a factor. Uh, and then I guess last thing I will, say for media days for me was just i think it's very rare that a defending uh national champion or even conference champion gets to show up to media days and kind of have a chip on their shoulder and it felt like Mm -hmm. georgia kind of had a chip on their shoulder between all of the sort of predictions of defensive regression Mm -hmm. the continued stetson bennett thing that goes on around him um despite all the things we've talked about before third and QBR second in yards per attempt fourth in yards per completion. Um, I did a huge article on this, go to the news and notes section on dog central and look at his stats by, by margin in a game and by half and they're pretty damn good. Right. So uh, I think all of that has kind of created this situation where UGA doesn't really feel like they're getting the love that a defending champion should. And because of it, I think they get to play pissed this year. And I think that's a huge advantage. For yeah. Them. I think that one thing that you didn't mention, uh, the chip on the shoulder is, is your spot on. And for me personally, I think it is, you know, Kirby mentioned it of, they say every year you're losing all these guys. You're not going to be any good on defense. Um, he mentioned the disrespect for Stetson. One of the things that he didn't mention that I think is gnawing at Georgia is the way that the national media is talking about Alabama. Um, I think, you know, Kurt, Kurt Kirby and, and team just won the national championship. And then immediately the narrative pivoted to no one's going to touch Alabama in 2022. Right. And I think that is um, every every great coach. People talk about it a lot with Nick Saban with rat poison, right? And with rat poison, and don't don't talk about how good this team is going to be when they're playing Alabama because that just fuels Alabama. And I think um, I think Kirby Smart is going to take a very similar approach this season. Um, I think there's a lot of bulletin board material. Um, and a lot that folks don't talk about is that I think, and Kirby would never say this, but I think the way the national media is talking about that Alabama football team this year, I think that has uh, that's stuck in Kirby's crawl a little bit. Yeah. All right. So I know you guys are waiting. Probably like, shut up. We want to know the name <laughs> that Dustin has for us. So, Dustin, you said you have a name to watch for an upcoming yeah, visit. So- I would just kind of tee things up. You know, we don't really just plug our site. Obviously, we want this podcast to be where we can kind of let you guys know some delayed stuff that we're telling on the podcast. But, you know, when we when we built this website, John's done a good job of doing it. We, we brought Graham and Jason together. We can bounce ideas, and really the forum allows us to be able to interact with you. So the one thing is if you got questions like this and you want to DM Graham or DM John or 
or DM Jason, you got someone that's going to actually answer your questions. Whereas you might go to the forum and ask a question. There's thousands of people there. You're not going to get your questions answered. So um, one thing we will drop for you is that, you know, when we're having the, the last weekend before the dead period, um, we will be having um, Tyler Williams is going to be visiting on campus. So that's one, um, you know, that's going to be the last time before they have games and he's going to decide in mm -hmm. September. So that might be the last time he gets to step foot on campus before he makes his decision. Also, um, I'm not going to tell the names. Jason will drop it on there, but there's two five stars that Jason says yep. that um, we're, we're confirming that we're stepping up the NIL game and offering um, a, a better package for, for those two people. So um, I can tell you that they're on offense. Um, and obviously we know that that's one thing we need to really recruit right now. So if you want to see those two names, we're not really teasing you. They're going to go straight on the board tomorrow. So if you want to see those two names, um, just subscribe to Dog Central. Yeah. And if you, and if you're watching this or listening to this and you want to check out Dog Central, if you want to check out those names, I'm John Tweet Sports on Twitter. Send me a DM. We'll give you, uh, we'll give you a, a day, um, uh, a day, yeah, yeah. Or just subscribe yeah. for thirty three eighteen for six months, which is like less than your uh, latte at Starbucks in the morning. Five fifty a month is a, what I think that comes out to. Uh, I agree to an extent. You know, if you guys challenge me on Twitter, we often we often will uh, answer that challenge with like, "Well, hey, come check it out for yourself." Because yeah, absolutely, we're, yeah. we're doing a lot of really good work. But also, uh, yeah, I, I think what what we're doing right now is well worth the the cost of admission but I agree and we're about to have um, team notes too so you know yep. yeah having those team notes especially right now um it's gonna be a very crucial next month for you to be subscribed yeah and if you subscribe right now that'll carry you uh all the way through the national title so 33 bucks for all of the practice notes LA. and recruiting notes and intel for the year is a I think a, a really good deal. And you get to run the damn 13 personnel sticker. Good God. What a bargain. That sticker is worth it, man. That's a good sticker. It is. It is. Um, gentlemen, this has been a blast as always. Thank you guys for joining. Uh, that is John Smith. You can find him on Twitter at John Tweet Sports. That is Dustin Wood. You can find him on Twitter at FSF recruits or 704 dog. Uh, and I am Graham Coffee. You can find me at Dog Out West, and you can find all of us together at dogcentral.com. Uh, come over and check us out. We've already plugged it enough, so I won't do it again. But thank you guys for joining us. And if you enjoyed the show, please uh, share it, subscribe on, on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave comments, retweet it. Tell people about it. Um, you know, help us help us get in front of more folks. And uh, yeah, more than anything, we appreciate you guys for for watching our stuff, reading our stuff, and interacting with us. So, everyone, have a great evening.